into the it is Friday the 9th of April. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here and Shane Lee's at the cleaners in. He's had Uber Eats. He's living by himself. He's laying on the couch with his speedos on. Shane, how are you? I'm great, mate. And uh, even got a little round of golf in yesterday. So, uh, look, things are good, mate. But, um, yep, looking forward to a weekend of a little bit of peace and quiet and a little bit of recreation too. Have you heard from the wife and kids? Yep. They're, uh, they're having a good time down in Melbourne and um, having a good time with, with Nan and Pop down there. But uh, more importantly, I've got a little bit of peace and quiet. Here myself. Yeah, and I know you're doing lots and lots of work. <laughs> Vacuum cleaners at 10 paces. All right, and of course, you can be a winner here on Afternoon Sport. All you need to do is follow us on Facebook, our Afternoon Sport Facebook page or our Twitter page, and we have a signed Bulldogs Rugby League ball from Spartan, and we will give it to one of our lucky followers. Hope you enjoy this, Doggies fans. Coming up on the show today, we have Queensland comedian Shad Wicker. He knows his rugby league is very, very much across the whole game. And John Stephenson. Well, Shane, Eddie Maguire, he's back and he's back with a vengeance. Of course, he went quiet and we were feeling for him. He had a difficult time, of course, after the drama with Collingwood. But he's come out with a, a blueprint for the future. What do you think? An expanded AFL Tasmanian team? Yes, it sounds good. And Eddie doesn't muck around, does he? He's come out swinging. Yeah, I think Tassie wants a standalone team and he's really done a deep dive into it. I had no idea what the sort of funding that's required. He's saying that the Tasmanian government needs to put in not $10 million a year, but $20 million a year indexed every year and go from there. It's going to be matched by the government as well, but also in and the AFL. So it's big, big bucks, but uh, really, really, really good, I think. Yeah, the only problem is Tasmania. Look, look, nothing against it. I love visiting fresh seafood down there. And I know they do have a cricket team, but some of the other biggest cities in, in the biggest states uh, have, have sort of comparable populations or just a little less. Yeah, and I agree. And, um, and, and they are really a football town when you go to Tasmania. The big caveat on his whole plan, he said, um, for it to happen, it needs to have a roof. And we know you get a hell of a lot of rain in Tasmania, but it needs to come with a roof, which is also a massive cost as well. But, um, yeah, I think it's really, really good. And Eddie's back in the spotlight once again. You can't keep the man quiet. Yeah, he's been quoted in a few things. Yeah, Eddie's definitely back. And someone else that's back, and he's a regular on this program, Queensland comedian. He's a funny guy, knows all his rugby league too. Shad Wicker. Oh, I love talking to this bloke, Chad Wicker, live from Queensland. How are you, my friend? And I'm not too bad, brother. How are you guys doing? Mate, we're doing really well, Chad. Now, let's start off with a bit of uh, news. The, the, the king of Brisbane, Wayne Bennett, might be coming back to coach uh, the Brisbane second team. Isn't that an exciting one for our city? It's going to be like the uh, ex moving into the house next door. You're going to have to see everyone she's dating, everyone she's sleeping <laughs> with. That's what it's going to be like for Broncos fans if he comes back and coaches this second team. Mate, you must be nervous as a comedian because uh, he's a pretty funny guy himself, isn't he? Might take some work off you. Oh, I'm so worried about the gigs he's going to be stealing from me. He's the only comedian that will be able to perform in a library. That's what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is crazy, though, that he doesn't say much, but whenever he says something, it's always extremely newsworthy, don't you think? Like, the cheeky bastard knows how bad things are in Broncos, just like every team he leaves. Which is why my family's so worried about South Sydney, because he just leaves a place completely demolished and they have to try and rebuild. Like, what's the track record? When he leaves a club, do they just not make the eight the next year? 
I think the Broncos just scraped in after he left the first time. Yeah, he's like a bad ex-wife, isn't he? Newcastle's never been the same. It was a bit like losing BHP. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Newey was like destroyed by Wayne being there. Then he like he takes some of the best players. He leaves you with the worst contracts. Like the Broncos are sitting there with Jack Bird's contract. They're looking at Milf at the moment. It's like getting an STI. You know what I mean? They're still dealing with it. <laughs> After he's left. <laughs> but now they're saying that, you know, the potential, the idea of him coaching the the new club, which, I mean, in, in Brizzy at the moment, there's a lot of hype around the idea of it being the Jets. But I know the, the Dolphins, Redcliffe Dolphins are thinking like their pitch is going to be the right one. If it's going to be Ipswich, I'm glad that they've decided to call themselves the Brisbane Jets because if it was going to be an Ipswich club, you could only ever call them the Ipswich Job Seekers pretty much is the only title. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's a great segue into in, into the Jets. We, we lost a, a great Jet and a great New South Welshman uh, this week and Tommy Radonikas, mate. Very sad news. Yeah, I, um, I remember because as we've spoken on last time I came on, I, I grew up and played my first footy in New South Wales. I was horrible. I only played a little bit. Uh, I've watched mostly from the sidelines. But I still remember when the cattle dog story was on the yeah. footy show and I would have been in, and this isn't a great thing that he, he inspired us to do, but I remember being in high school, first kind of few games of playing footy, I got to watch my mates play. It was Musselbrook Rams versus Aberdeen Tigers. And both sides had obviously <laughs> been up on the uh, Thursday night watching the footy show, saw the cattle dog story, oh, and goodness. lo and behold, first scrum of the game, what was yelled out by both sides? Yes. <laughs> cattle dog. Ball in brawl. Exactly. And it, like it was Musselbrook versus Aberdeen. It didn't need much of an excuse to want to do that anyway. They both hate each other. But I remember when the Tigers won the comp, they sprayed. There's a blue healer statue in the middle of Musselbrook. And when the Aberdeen Tigers won the comp against Musselbrook Rams, they spray painted the blue healer orange and black <laughs> and wrote Tiger Power on the front of it. So they didn't need much of an excuse. But I wonder now, because these obviously, you know, you, you throw a, a fist in a game, you get sent off. No one's really as keen to get into a biff anymore. Are they going to be young players not knowing this story? Yeah, I, no, I think folklore will live on because when you think about it, everyone remembers, oh, look, I do. I suppose I'm too old uh, for this conversation. But that 1981 brawl of um, – uh, do you remember that Newtown and Manly or am I going off on a real tangent? No, please, tell us about it, Grandad. <laughs> Well, no, it was a wild old brawl in 1981. Yeah, so the bottom line is probably people may well forget about it. Mate, um, no one will forget about Greg Norman, though, and uh, him and his uh, Onewood. Uh, look, he's, he's extraordinary, isn't he? 66 years of age, um, showering, getting his wife to shoot him. Thoughts? Yep, the great hey, white ass, the great white ass. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it looked like a white <laughs> beluga whale in the back of that thing. I mean... <laughs> I reckon he's loving it though, isn't he? Is he going to start an OnlyFans? Because he put something out in January, you know, of him walking his walking his dog down the beach, and now we all know what kind of clubs he's really packing. And and I've heard in this story that this photo was because he's moving from Florida and he's moving back uh, to Australia. And I'm just I'm worried about that because, like, judging from that beach photo, he's definitely going to have to declare that thing through customs. Mate, thank God it wasn't a video because if, and he wasn't playing golf. I'd hate to see him bend over and put a tee in, dressed like that. I think he puts it in with no hands, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think he sold his house for $77 million, so uh, uh, he's, he's doing okay. Oh, it's hard. Honestly, obviously, obviously his clothes arrive next week. <laughs> <laughs> but he never got the US Masters, which starts this week, did he? Shad, uh, always good to chat. Uh, we know you've got some gigs coming up, mate. You're out in RSL, aren't you? Uh, um, 86, you're steak and eggs ready at the bistro. Do you have that going in the background? 
Oh, I tell you, it's going to be great performing to a bunch of senior citizens. Are you going to be there? I'm sure you'd be there for the early bird special, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I have dinner at four <laughs> o'clock. I'm in bed by five with a water bottle and a potty under the bed. Shad, you're a good man, mate. Always enjoy, always enjoy having you on the show, mate. Take care. No dramas, guys. Friday Fun Day continues with the great John Stephenson. He's low on confidence today, apparently. We'll find out more. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Well, he's the athletics version of Greg Norman. His name's John Stephenson. How are you, Steph? Listen, I'm not really good at my one word, to be honest with you, Albert. I thought I'd play golf, but I do. I am known, isn't this true, Tim? I am known to use a three iron, right, and not use my driver, yeah? That's true, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm Shane. Good to hear your voice. Mate, love to hear your voice as always, mate. Let's let's start with the national champs because we're getting right to the business end of the, the season, aren't we? Mate, we're getting to the pointy end for at least the athletics uh, season and athletic fraternity with Olympics blooming so close. Um, it got postponed. And for everybody that knows track and field, Olympics is our pinnacle, right? I mean, that that's what we work hard for every four years. And the national championship right, started on the 12th at Sydney Olympic Park to the 19th. And, uh, and it, they combined both the junior and the open events. And... Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, like, you know, a lot of these athletes didn't get the national champs last year. They've been competing. We've been seeing great performances by Rowan Browning, uh, great performance by Lyndon Hall. Um, we see Matt Denny make a comeback in the throws. He threw very well last week. Stuart McSwain, we saw him all last year running Tasmania and break records. And now is their time to go and win a national championship. And those names that I mentioned, we all heard about in the paper and in the news. But I'm going to give you guys three names that I think you should really watch out for that maybe are not household names at the moment. One is Liz Clay, who's running the 100-meter hurdles, who I honestly think she has a very good chance to take over the queen of the hurdles, who was Sally Pearson, and and really represent Australia in, in a really really strong sort of light come Tokyo in the 100-meter hurdles. Now, she's trained by Stelly's old coach. She's run superb all season, and hopefully now she can win a national title come national championships next week. Another name who, which I'd love you guys to pay close attention to, I think, will be a young kid by the name of Taylor Willis. Now, he runs 100-meter hurdles. He's a young kid. He's under 18s. Now, we don't often talk about these young names that you haven't heard of, mm. um, but I, I think this kid can be a star of the future. He's becoming a bit of a TikTok Instagram star, okay. um, but he can perform. He's blowing everybody away when any time he races against them. Um, so I really think he's one to watch come the junior championships. Um, and then you got your usual suspects: Brandon Stark in the high jump, Curtis Marshall in the pole vault, Nina Kennedy in the pole vault, mm. um, and then obviously Lyndon Hall in your distance events in eight hundred fifty nine and Katrina Bissett. And I can go on and on and on with names. So tune into the live stream. Go to Athletic Australia website. And make sure you check out the national championships. I think we're going to see some great performances, and uh, hopefully these are the names you're going to see come Tokyo. Oh, I'm getting so excited about it. Oh, look, I'm an absolute lover, a tragic of the Olympic Games. Ever since my grandmother hired us the colour TV in 1976 to watch the Montreal 
Annual Olympics, and we stayed up all night. Steve Holland won a bronze, and I think the Australian men's hockey team got a silver. That's all we won, and the Australian Institute was born. But boy, oh boy, I love watching it. I even watched you, John, of course. Timmy, can, mm. I, be a, can I be a Grinch? I want to say this. Mm. I think the broadcast and what we're going to receive from Olympic Games is going to be world-class. I think we as, as spectators from our couch are not going to notice too much of a difference. I am going to say that for those that do attend a live event and for the athletes, I think it's going to be quite grim come Tokyo yeah. when they're out there. Uh, and, and, that's, and, and, you know, I keep harping on about this. As much as the Olympics is all about performing, it's, it's what – that the host puts on an event and the world celebrates this host and goes and takes in everything this host provides and the athletes are part of the theatre of the Olympic Games. Mm. Unfortunately, because of this COVID, that's all going to be gone. And I really do feel for these athletes that have worked for four years. I feel sorry for Japan and the Japanese community who have worked extremely. I feel sorry for the Olympic movement because I do think the live event is going to struggle its way through the Games. But I think us as spectators on the couch are going to be able to see great performance like we've seen over the number of years and when the Olympic Games have been on. Yeah, it's a really good point, John, because um, I, I know as the years go on and, and I suppose receiving medals is great, but it's the experience, isn't it, for the athlete? And, and, and that comes with the crowd there and the build-up and, and as you said, what the city puts on it. Yeah, it, I didn't think about it like that. That's a really good point. Well, you know, you're also looking forward to seeing your parents in the crowd and, yeah. you know, creating a brand and a name for yourself. And, you, you know, let's just rewind it back, peel it back and imagine you saying bolt running a 958 with no crowd. Yeah. You know, will, will he celebrate the same? Would he be the same Usain Bolt? We mm. don't know. I'd like to think that the, the crowd, like I said, is part of the theatre of the performance, right? So, look, I don't want to put a massive damper on it, but we've got to keep it real in the afternoon sports, and, 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 and that's my version of real. Yeah, I know. Well, you've got to say it. And But the bottom line is the past year or so, past 18 months, the world has wobbled on its axis. So we've seen this time after time, we're seeing more supporters at the US Masters. We're seeing life normalise. So hopefully within a space of years, everything will just wobble back to a, a nice new shape. Now, what about this fight, Jake? Amen. Jake, Paul and Ben Askren. Tell me about it. <laughs> wow. Jake, Paul, the YouTube sensation, taking on Ben Askren, who was a very good collegiate wrestler, um, entered the UFC as a monster grappler wrestler who was meant to take over the welterweight division, got starched by your boy Jose Masvidal, who they had a massive rivalry, which then obviously saw Ben sort of deteriorate, and I guess, in in brand credibility as, as a fighter. And uh, he got caught out by Jake Paul. They're fighting in front of 70, in a 79,000 arena in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz wow. Stadium this weekend. Um, but it's not really, the fight is not really what is captivating me. It's the fact that Justin Bieber and Snoop Dogg are performing before, before the fight. <laughs> this, this is the new way of promoting a boxing fight. You know, and I think it's quite smart because you're appealing to so many demographics when you're putting on a concert as well as a YouTube star as well as a, a professional UFC fighter. Now, ones that are purists in fighting mixed martial arts and fighting sports ago, this is absolute rubbish and junk. But at the end of the day, it's entertainment, right? right? And I guarantee you they're going to break some good numbers. It's going to be really interesting how this fight plays out on the weekend. I was one last week that said, nah, I'm not going to tune in. I am tuning into this fight. I think it's going to be entertainment-packed. It's got a massive undercard before the main fight with Ben Askren and, and, um, and Jake Paul. So I definitely recommend you guys before watching National next week to tune into this fight. I'll tell you what I'd tune into, seeing Snoop Dogg punch Bieber's head in, in the ring. That'd be good to watch, I reckon. <laughs> oh, you know Bieber? Bieber's actually got hands, you know that? Bieber could actually throw them. I, I promise you. Him and Floyd Mayweather were hanging out at one stage and he was training out in Los Angeles at 10 Goose Gym a lot, um, who's, a, who's a famous uh, trainer there. And um, yeah, he 
Bieber's actually got a bit of hands on him. And there was, a, there was like a rumor going around because Chris Brown's got hands too. We all know famously with Rihanna, right? So there was a rumor that, that they were going to wow. put Bieber against Chris Brown um, to, to in a professional <laughs> boxing fight. Yeah, man. So no, Bieber's been a massive fan of the boxing. Very famously, he walked Floyd Mayweather out. I can't remember which fight that was for. But um, no, he's been around the boxing circles a lot, Biebs. So yeah, do not let that smooth skin and those slick dance moves and those those uh, under 18 <laughs> tunes fool you, mate. He's got hands of kid. So John, it's, uh, you could have quite a few undercards, couldn't you? You could almost have Greg Norman and Ron Jeremy on one of the undercards. <laughs> <laughs> Lexington Steel versus Greg Norman. Uh, you know, it was, what was I, I, I'll tell you something, guys, just, just a quick little segue, because I, I know you hey, guys are so keen on my upkeep and how I look each day. I had a haircut yesterday, guys. I just thought I'd let our listeners and let you guys know. I've cut my hair short. I'm going to put it on the gram. I want to see what the feedback is. So uh, I just thought you guys would be really interested to know how I'm going with my my biceps and my hair and just, yeah, my overall appearance. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for letting us know. So we do lose sleep and we don't we don't hear that, that stuff, mate. So thank you. God, I'll tell you what, though. I, I seriously was going to have, have to get medical help if I if I didn't know that info. <laughs> and the best thing about you, John, is, is you are low on confidence. Good to talk. See All you, mate. Boys. I'll talk to you later. See good you, guys. Buddy. Have a good weekend. Bye, boys. Bye, mate. Bye-bye. Hey, Greg. Jake Trout and the Flounders, pretty good, huh? Well, I don't know, Jake, but I think Trout's are a little fish. The great white shark is a big fish of the ocean. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week, of course. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Come on, get on board. A big thank you today to John Stephens and also to Queensland comedian Chad Wicker and our wonderful sponsors, Shane. We have great sponsors in Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. Yeah, we're going to give away our next prize, the signed Bulldogs ball, very soon. So follow us, Afternoon Sport, on Twitter or Facebook. And who knows, you may be the lucky winner. A big thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. We will see you next week. See you then, guys. Take care.